Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salinsky, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we're going to uncork some conversation about the joys, challenges, and everything in between when it comes to balancing parenthood and self-care. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and on this special episode, we want to shine a spotlight on the importance of discussing mental health and parenthood. As parents, we often find ourselves juggling countless responsibilities, striving to be the best version of ourselves and our families. However, it is crucial to remember that our own mental well-being plays a vital role in creating a healthy and nurturing environment for our children. Parenthood is an incredible journey filled with beautiful moments, but it also comes with its fair share of challenges. It's no secret that raising children while managing the demands of everyday life can sometimes take a toll on our mental health. That's why on today's episode, we're diving deep into the topic of mental health and parenthood and exploring the various aspects of self-care that are essential for our overall well-being. I'll be discussing the unique mental health challenges that mothers often face, such as postpartum depression, anxiety, and the pressure to be the perfect parent. I'll also be debunking the myth and that self-care is a luxury reserved only for pampering ourselves and redefining it as a holistic practice that encompasses our physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Throughout the episode, I'll be sharing strategies, personal stories, and practical tips on how to prioritize self-care even when time feels limited and guilt creeps in. I'll be exploring the importance of seeking support from partners, family members, friends, and support groups, as well as how to overcome the barriers and misconceptions around self-care on a budget. I'll also touch on topics like building resilience in ourselves and our children, nurturing positive mental health, and modeling self-care as a way to teach our children the importance of taking care of their own well-being. And of course, I'll discuss the significance of self-compassion and the power of reframing guilt as we embark on our self-care journeys. So grab a glass of your favorite wine, put on your running shoes, or simply find a cozy spot to relax because today we're uncorking the conversation on mental health in parenthood and exploring the transformative power of self-care. So as always, I start with the wine, wine, and win of the week. My wine of the week this week is Freak Show Cabernet. I know it's a little heavy for this time of the year, but I just found it at the store. So it refreshed my memory about how much I love it. I tried it probably like five years ago when I was at dinner with my parents and their friends after a hike. And um, I just loved it ever since. And anytime I see it, I get it to enjoy. My wine of the week is that Mark has been working so much. He's in a school this week. He had to take overtime over the weekend and um, he's working this whole weekend, which is Memorial Day weekend. So this is not anything new. His schedule is crazy and um, we just are dealing with what we can, how we can. And he really does always pick up his slack. Um, For example, yesterday I got to come home and be by myself uh, because I was going out to dinner with my girlfriends. And um, so like, I didn't really have to parent yesterday. And he takes the kids in the morning to his parents' house, which relieves a little bit of stress of me not having to do everything. So it's a really good balance that we have. Uh, He does what he can, but it's still a lot basically solo parenting for a majority of what seems like two weeks. It'll be probably like 10 days, but it is what it is. My win of the week, if you follow my Instagram, you'll see that I did a little thrift shopping yesterday with my extra time because, you know, I can't just simply come home and uh, relax. And so I went to my local thrift store and I found a beautiful Lily Pulitzer dress for $20. I also found tags on Ralph Lauren dress for $30. The price tag had it at 135 And then I found a Nicole Miller dress that I think I'm going to wear for Parker's birthday, which was like 13 bucks. Found some Janie and Jack for Parker and a cute little suit for Willow. And I just feel as though I get such a high off of thrift shopping because I hate shopping in general. And I used to spend so much money on clothes that I would really only wear a few times, I realized. And then it's like, you know, I'm spending $100 on the sweater that maybe I wear once or twice and it's just wasteful. So now I actually don't feel bad about spending more on certain things. For example, on Sunday I went shopping and I went to free people movement and um, I found 
a really nice long sleeve sweatshirt, which I normally wouldn't spend that much money on. Um, but I don't feel bad because I just, I get everything else basically from the thrift store or rent the runway, honestly, um, just to kind of reduce my carbon footprint and save some money. So that's my wine and win of the week. So as I mentioned, May is mental health awareness. I wanted to really focus on this topic because it's so important and everybody can improve their mental health in some way or another. Nobody is perfect. Um, I did have a guest lined up and unfortunately she had a family emergency. So you're stuck with me. Um, But I did do a lot of research and um, put together hopefully a good show for you, similar to kind of what I tell my students and teach about in my mental health units, but I adjusted it for parenthood and adulthood. Anybody can use it. So here we go. Um, I have two main topics. The first is going to be just the importance of self-care, and um, we're just going to talk about it. Um, You know, the importance of self-care for parents, there's challenges that every parent faces in prioritizing self-care. I'm going to talk about some different strategies and techniques you can use to maintain your mental well-being. And I want to highlight the significance of self-care as a means to be a means to better cope with the demands of parenthood. The first thing I want to talk about is really recognizing the challenges because we all kind of just say, oh, I don't I can't do self-care. I I don't do self-care for myself. But um, it's important to really understand the challenges that you face in prioritizing self-care. So some of the things that I thought of were um, time constraints, guilt, and really social expectations and really understanding why it's crucial crucial to address these challenges for the overall well-being of both your parents, of both the parents and the children. So time constraints. One of the major challenges parents face in prioritizing self-care is time availability. Between parenting responsibilities, work, household chores, and other other commitments, finding time for self-care can feel like a luxury. However, it's important to recognize that taking care of oneself is not selfish, but it's necessary for overall well-being. And by making self-care a priority, parents can replenish their energy, reduce stress, and ultimately be more present and engaged with their children. As I've talked about before, I posted it on my Instagram. You can find the PDF for the um, format that I use, but pretty much every week I schedule out every hour of my day. And that might seem a little bit much for people, but it really gives me a visual idea of what I have to do, of when I have my downtime. Um, I don't like to have downtime. So I guess it's maybe easier for me to let go of the fact that I'm not going to watch Bravo every night of the week. Um, The kids, for example, are napping right now. This is when I'm scheduled to do this. uh, And I'll probably finish it tonight because Mark won't be here. Um, And instead of prioritizing watching TV, but you know, I'll do that at some point in the day. So really trying to figure out where you can fit it in um, is something that's super important. And you don't have to fit it in every day, but just fitting it in a couple times a week, you can do it. Um, I believe that you can do it. I believe that everybody can do it. I believe everybody deserves to and needs to do it. The next thing is guilt. Many parents experience guilt when they prioritize their own needs to self-care. They may feel that taking time for themselves means taking away from time and attention from their children. However, again, it's crucial to understand that Self-care is not a selfish act. It's an investment in one's own mental and emotional health, which directly impacts the parent-child relationship. So by taking care of themselves, parents are better equipped to meet their children's needs and provide a nurturing and supportive environment. So uh, as I mentioned before, we had to meet with the therapist through Princeton University for the study that we're in. And one of the things that she asked was, how do you find self-care for yourself every day? And I just kind of rambled off what I do. And I mean, she was shocked at how much I prioritize working out pretty much every day, whether it's with the kids or without the kids um, and prioritizing my friendships and not limiting myself to being just a mother. Um, And that's really important to me. It always has been before kids and obviously it is after kids. So that is definitely something that I felt good about after leaving um, that session was that she was telling me basically that everything that I was doing was the right thing. And, um, you know, she didn't scold me for 
prioritizing my self-care. She didn't scold me for not being with my kids all the time. She was really genuinely happy that that is what I was choosing to do. We are very lucky to have both grandparents involved um, in our village. And as I mentioned before, at our gym, we have kids club. And I know my gym is like a unicorn place, but I just utilize it for everything. Um, Last week, I went to a bubbles and Botox party at the well lounge, which is attached to my gym. And I just, I dropped the kids off at kids club, did a 20 minute workout, and then went to the Botox party, which I actually got dermaplane instead. Um, But I got to have girl time, got to have a glass of wine, all while the kids were very close and distance to me, but I was prioritizing myself. The next thing that I want to talk about is societal expectations, which I could go on forever about this. Uh, Society often places unrealistic expectations on parents, particularly mothers, to be selfless and constantly available for their children. This pressure can lead to neglecting self-care and feeling guilty for taking time for oneself. It's important to challenge these societal expectations and recognize that parents deserve and need self-care to be their best selves for their children. By prioritizing their own well-being, parents can model healthy habits and teach their children the importance of self-care. We are living in a world that is based off of stay-at-home moms, essentially. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My husband's mom was a stay-at-home mom. All my mom's friends were stay-at-home moms. And the women have really only been working for less than 100 years, which sounds like a lot of time, but it's really not when it comes down to it. Uh, I feel like this generation of women is the first generation where most women are working full time because it's really hard to be able to provide a life that you want with only one parent working. And obviously, I know people do it and um, that's great for them. But for a lot of people, that's not an option. Um, But the societal expectations are still not changing. Like we're supposed to be with our kids all the time. I remember that I was I went to get um, massages with my husband uh, around Father's Day, which was his gift for Father's Day. And I posted a picture of me at the spa. The kids were at home with my with their grandparents. And I got a message like, don't you feel guilty? How do you get so much free time for yourself? And um, I just thought that was so interesting. Not rude. It was probably a projection of someone else would feel guilty. But to leave my children home with their grandparents and have time with myself and my husband, I I don't find that that there's anything wrong with that. But it's very clear that other people do. And I've had people make comments like, wow, you really prioritize your friendships, or you're really lucky to be able to go out to dinner once a week uh, without your kids. And I just spend so much time with them. Their schedules are jam packed with me. And the societal expectations that our only job is to be a mother, I am challenging those boundaries. And I, that's that's not the way that I want to live. If you want to live that way, again, that's fine. But don't feel guilty just because you think other people don't think that you're doing the right thing. And then the last thing about recognizing your challenges is really recognizing burnout and exhaustion. Ne- neglecting self-care can lead to parental burnout and exhaustion. Parenting is demanding and constantly giving without taking time to recharge It can result in physical and mental exhaustion. When parents are burned out, they may find it challenging to be patient, be present, and emotionally available for the children. Prioritizing self-care helps prevent burnout and allows parents to have the energy and resilience needed to navigate the challenge of parenthood. And that's something that I find with myself. If I am mentally exhausted, things that wouldn't normally bother me are bothering me. I don't have the patience with my kids. and Really, if you have a partner, talking to them about how they can fill in to help with your burnout and exhaustion, it can be 10 minutes of alone time. Something that really is a big thing for me is bedtime because I do it alone a lot. So when my husband's home, like I don't feel bad that he does bedtime by himself every once in a while because I do it myself like five nights a week. So when he's home, he can put them both to bed and he's fine with that. He can do their bath time. He can do their bedtime routine. This gives me the opportunity to maybe clean up the kitchen or get myself ready for the next day or just have 10 minutes of watching TV by myself. Those are all important things. The next thing that I want to talk about in regards to the importance of self-care is really modeling healthy behaviors for your kids. That is something that they will definitely take from it. 
parents play a crucial role in shaping their children's attitudes and behaviors, including their approach to self-care. And obviously from zero to, I think it's age seven, their brains are sponges. They are taking everything that you do in. And I can see it with Willow that the things that she sees, she she takes everything in and she recognizes everything. And really by me prioritizing myself, she understands that. As parents, we can teach children valuable lessons about self-worth, setting boundaries, and the importance of taking care of oneself. Uh, modeling healthy behaviors create a foundation for children to develop their own self-care practices and grow. So when we go to the gym, Willow's always like, oh, are, are you going to go to yoga? Or uh, she knows she goes to gymnastics at that time. She wants to do gymnastics. Uh, and it's just fun for her. We do have her involved in um, the Healthy Kids on the Run. So on Sundays, we have races that we go to. And um, she's just learning right along me. So she knows when I run, now she's making the connection. And uh, we hope the same will be with with Parker. and. It's just important to model your healthy behaviors because if you're sitting in front of the TV eating chips every day, that's what your kids are going to think is normal. If you're out being active with them every day, that's what they're going to think is normal. It's the same thing if you think to some of the things that you dealt with growing up and what you saw your parents do or not do, that's something to really consider. So just In general, addressing the challenges that parents face and prioritizing self-care is crucial for the overall well-being of both parents and children. By recognizing the importance of self-care, challenging societal expectations, and overcoming guilt, parents can really cultivate a healthier and more balanced approach to parenting. This, in turn, creates a positive and nurturing environment for children, promoting their well-being and helping them understand the importance of self-care in their own lives. Next, I want to talk about redefining self-care because... Everyone that hears self-care, again, I've talked about this before, you think you have to go to the spa, you think you have to go to the salon, get your nails done. I personally hate going to get my nails done. That's why I have my own gel manicure set at home because it's just I feel like it's a waste of time. I could be doing something else more productive. Um, Obviously, I like a good pedicure. But anyway, I want to talk about redefining it. Self-care is often portrayed as simply indulging in luxuries or pampering oneself. However, it is essential to redefine the self-care to reflect its true meaning and potential. Self-care is not just about occasional treats or acts of relaxation. It's a holistic practice that encompasses taking care of one's physical, emotional, and mental well-being. When we think of self-care in a holistic sense, we understand that it goes beyond surface-level activities. While activities like bubble baths, getting a massage can be part of self-care, there are only a fraction, they are only a fraction of what it truly entails. Self-care involves nurturing oneself on multiple levels, addressing various aspects of well-being as well. So taking care of your physical self-care, it's about tending to our body's needs. We don't really think necessarily about self-care as your physical self. We think of it as mental, but your physical self does need self-care as well. It includes activities such as getting enough sleep, eating nutritious foods, engaging in regular physical activities, and practicing good hygiene. Taking care of our physical well-being provides a strong foundation of overall health and vitality. So for me, one thing for my nutrition from the nutritional aspect is mason jar salads and mason jar bowls. They are my go-to. You can make them for the whole week. I will definitely share some of my favorite recipes on my Instagram this week and it, it's just so simple. You make one big batch. I guess people do it in um, meal prep containers as well, but I just like to do them in mason jars, especially with salads. You put the dressing at the bottom, then you put your veggies, your meats, anything else, and then you top it off with your lettuce and it's good to go. Then once you are ready to eat it, you just shake it up. You can put it in a bowl or eat it right out of your mason jar. And the next thing is emotional self-care. That involves recognizing, acknowledging, and honoring our emotions. It entails creating space for emotional express expression and um, processing. Emotional self-care may involve engaging in activities that bring joy, such as pursuing hobbies, spending time in nature, or connecting with loved ones. It also involves setting boundaries and practicing self-compassion, allowing ourselves to experience and process emotions without judgment. Setting boundaries is something that is very important. It is something that a lot of people have problems with, especially if you're like me, a people pleaser. And as I've grown, I've realized that it's very important to not 
please everybody else. You got to please yourself. That's the bottom line of it. Um, another way that I uh, work on my emotional self-care is going out in nature. We live in Bucks County and it's beautiful. There's so much stuff to do, hiking, biking, and then going down the shore is something else. Uh, just sitting at the beach, watching the waves is really good for my emotional well-being. Next, we have mental self-care. It focuses on nurturing our mental well-being. It involves engaging in activities that promote mental stimulation, growth, and relaxation. This can include include activities like reading, practicing mindfulness or meditation, journaling, or seeking therapy or counseling when needed. Mental self-care also involves managing stress, cultivating positive thought patterns, and challenging negative self-talk. If you didn't know, over my first maternity leave, I created a book called 100 Days of Happiness, which is on Amazon. And it was mainly because I was feeling so disconnected and I really didn't enjoy a lot of parts of the loneliness of it. It was COVID, it was winter. And so I started journaling just like, again, I do with my students. Um, and it was so important for me. So I thought, well, why not? Why don't I create this into like sort of a book? So I did. And um, really the main thing is just to for you to recognize things that are in your life that you may have forgotten about and that are important for you to love and be grateful for. And it really helps with your mental self-care. To end this off, by embracing a holistic understanding of self-care, we recognize that it's not a luxury or an occasional indulgence. It is a vital and ongoing practice that supports our overall, our overall well-being and enables us to show up fully in our lives, including our roles as parents, partners, and individuals. When we prioritize self-care on all levels, we become better equipped to navigate the demands and challenges of daily life. It is important to remember that self-care looks different for everyone. It is deeply personal. It is a deeply personal practice that should be tailored to our individual needs, preferences, and circumstances. What matters most is recognizing the importance of self-care and carving out intentional time and space to nurture physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Next, I want to talk about strategies for busy parents because we are all busy. So, um, Being a busy parent comes with a multitude of responsibilities and demands, often leaving little time for self-care. However, it's crucial for busy parents to prioritize self-care in order to maintain their well-being and better meet the needs of their families. Here are some practical strategies that can help busy parents incorporate self-care into their daily lives. Again, back to time management. Effective time management is essential for busy parents to create space for self-care. Again, start by assessing how you currently spend your time. Identify areas where you can make adjustments. Back to the daily, hourly schedule. I do prioritize things in red, yellow, and green. Red meaning I have to do this today. Yellow meaning you should do it today. Green meaning this is your relaxation time. If you don't get it in, hopefully you get it in tomorrow. That has really helped. Setting boundaries, uh, establishing boundaries is key to protect your time and energy. Learn to say no to non-essential commitments that don't align with your priorities. Delegate tasks and responsibilities when possible and communicate your needs to your partner, family members, or or friends. Setting clear boundaries allows you to create dedicated time for self-care without feeling overwhelmed or guilty. Schedule your self-care in like a meeting. You cannot miss it. You cannot go to dinner if you are scheduled for your self-care at 6 p.m. You cannot, you know, go do a new house project if at 3 p.m. you are scheduled for your self-care. That's the important thing. Next, finding small pockets of time. Recognize that self-care doesn't always require large chunks of time. Look for small pockets of time throughout the day to engage in self-care activities. It could be waking up a bit earlier to meditate, reading a few pages of a book during your lunch break, or taking a short walk in the evening. Capitalize these moments and recharge and nourish yourself. Uh, One thing that I like to do is when the weather is nice, I like to take the kids on a walk and I listen to my audiobooks or my podcasts. They're playing with their stuff. I know they're safe and you can kind of just zone out. And you can even do that during the day as well uh, when you're doing household chores and the kids are awake to kind of just zone out a little bit. Again, prioritize your self-care activities. Identify the self-care activities that resonate with you and prioritize those that bring the most benefit be exercise, engaging in a hobby, practicing mindfulness, or spending quality time with loved ones. Choose activities that align with your values, interests, and provide the greatest sense of rejuvenation and fulfillment. For example, some weeks my social cup needs to be filled more than other weeks. Some weeks I don't want to be around other people. Some weeks I need to be around other people. Some weeks I want to stay inside. Other weeks I 
want to be outside the whole time. Sometimes I want to be in loud environments. Sometimes I want to be in quiet environments. It just depends on what you personally want for that specific time. You also integrate self-care into your daily routines. Look for opportunities to integrate self-care into your existing routines. For example, incorporate physical activity by taking the the stairs instead of the elevator or doing quick exercises while playing with your children. Practice mindfulness or deep breathing during simple tasks like washing dishes or folding laundry. By weaving self-care into your daily routines, you make it a seamless part of your lifestyle. So for me, I use the Calm app before bed. That's how I go to sleep. It gives me a nice way to relax. It takes all my anxiety out. I'm not, my brain is not going a million miles a minute like it used to. I'm just focusing on the voice of, um, Chike is one of my favorites, or I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey recently. Uh, In the morning, I make lemon water a lot. That's just like something that makes me feel like I'm in a spa or somewhere special. And then after I do my workout, a lot of times I'll just spend five minutes in the sauna listening to my relaxing music. And that's a way that I kind of incorporate it. Uh, also utilize your support systems. Don't hesitate to reach out for support, lean on your partner, family members, or trusted friends to help with parenting responsibilities, giving you more time for self-care. Consider joining or forming a support group with other parents to share experiences, resources, and ideas for self-care. Again, I know this is a tough one if you don't have family nearby or friends nearby, but maybe look into your local church or again, your local gym or different groups that can help support you getting your self-care. Simplifying and self-streaming. Simplify your life by decluttering, organizing, and automating tasks whenever possible. Minimize distractions, create effective systems, and streamline your routines to free up time and mental space for self-care activity. We do online shopping. We've been doing that for years for groceries. It saves so much time. Also, right now my Roomba's going upstairs so that I don't have to vacuum. I'm going to come upstairs to a nice clean upstairs, which is nice. We have a cleaner come once a month. That's really important for us to pay that because I don't have to clean the oven all the time. I don't have to worry about the microwave. She kind of just gives us a nice base and then I can just clean up as needed. The last is practicing self-compassion. Be kind to yourself and let go of perfectionism. Understanding that self-care doesn't have to be flawless or grandiose. Embracing imperfection and give yourself permission to prioritize your well-being. Celebrate small wins and acknowledge the effort you put into self-care, even if it's just a few minutes each day. Again, remember, self-care is not selfish. It is an investment in your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. By implementing these strategies and making self-care a priority, busy parents can better navigate the challenges of parenting and find greater balance and fulfillment in their lives. Next, I want to talk about self-care for mental well-being. Uh, Self-care plays a crucial role in promoting and maintaining parents' mental well-being. By engaging in specific activities that prioritize mental health, parents can effectively manage stress, improve their overall well-being, and build resilience. Here are some self-care practices that can help a positive impact on parents' mental health. The first is mindfulness. Mindfulness is a practice of being fully present in the current moment without judgment. It involves paying attention to thoughts, emotions, and bodily sensations. By incorporating mindfulness into their self-care routine, parents can cultivate greater awareness, reduce stress, and enhance their overall mental well-being. Simple mindfulness exercises such as a deep breathing or body scan exercise can be practiced throughout the day to promote relaxation and a sense of calm. Also, fun fact, if you have an Apple Watch, you can set it up for mindfulness. Sometimes it's a little bit annoying when it randomly pops up, but it does give you that minute to remember to check in on yourself, do a full body scan, do a minute of breathing, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Uh, Next is meditation. Meditation kind of scares some people because they think they're doing it wrong. It is a powerful tool for quieting the mind, reducing anxiety, and improving emotional well-being. Regular meditation practice can help parents develop a greater sense of inner peace, improve focus, and enhance emotional resilience. Whether it's a few minutes of guided meditation or silent reflection, carving out time for meditation allows parents to connect with themselves, manage stress, and cultivate a sense of clarity and balance. When I first started meditating, again, I was overwhelmed, not knowing if I was doing it right or not. I personally enjoy guided meditation a lot more 
than just regular music meditation. But um, when I used the Headspace app, it helped me to understand that your thoughts are like clouds and they kind of just move through. Clouds aren't just sitting in the air. They're constantly moving and your thoughts can constantly move. And eventually you're going to get a clear day. Uh, Once you're able to really control your thoughts and kind of see clearer, uh, the clouds will go away one by one. The next thing is journaling. Journaling provides a safe and private space for parents to express their thoughts, emotions, and experiences. It can be a valuable tool for self-reflection, processing emotions, and gaining insights into one's own mental state. Through journaling, parents can release pent-up emotions, gain perspective, and explore their thoughts and feelings more deeply. It can also serve as a tool for gratitude practice, helping shift focus towards positive aspects of life. Obviously, therapy and counseling is something really important. Never be ashamed of therapy and counseling. Seeking professional support is an important aspect of self-care for mental well-being. Talking to a trained therapist or counselor with a non-biased opinion can provide parents with a supportive and non-judgmental space to explore their concerns, develop coping strategies, and gain insight into their own mental health. Therapy can help parents navigate the challenges of parenthood, manage stress, improve communication skills, and foster healthy relationships. Next is engaging in hobbies and creative outlets. This is something really important because it gives you your sense of self back. Pursuing hobbies and engaging in creative outlets can be incredibly beneficial for parents' mental health, whether it's painting, playing a musical instrument, gardening, or any other activity that brings joy and fulfillment. These pursuits provide an outlet for self-expression, reduce stress, and promote a sense of accomplishment and personal growth. Obviously, podcasting is something that is really my creative outlet at the moment. I randomly thought of my podcasting journey as I was driving one day, had no idea anything about podcasting, didn't know how to set it up. I just knew that they came through my speaker and I enjoyed listening to them. I asked a friend's husband and he sent me all the information that I needed. And here I am. This is been such a great creative outlet because I'm utilizing my ideas and meeting these new people that I never thought that I would meet before. You asked me on January 1st if I thought I would be five months into a podcast. I would say no way, Uh, but I hope that I can keep this up for a very long time because it gives me a great sense of creative outlet. To kind of wrap this part up, by incorporating mindfulness, meditation, journaling, therapy, and engaging in hobbies into their self self-care routine, parents can prioritize their mental well-being and effectively manage stress. These practices promote self-awareness, emotional regulation, and a sense of balance, which are crucial for navigating the challenges of parenthood. Self-care activities centered around mental well-being not only benefit parents, but also positively impact their ability to provide a nurturing and supportive environment for their children. It is important to note that self-care practices are highly individual, and what works for one person may not work for another. It's essential for parents to explore different activities, listen to their own needs, and find the self-care practice that resonate with them personally. By prioritizing mental well-being through self-care, parents can cultivate a healthier and more fulfilling parenting experience. The next step in recognizing the importance of self-care is recognizing the importance of self-compassion. And this is something that I am very, very bad at. When I have a down day or a day off or I don't feel like I've done enough during the day, I get really down on myself. I don't have enough self-compassion for all the successful things that I have done and all of the things that I have completed through the day. My husband always yells at me for this and he's like, you're doing so much just because you have a couple hours of not doing something doesn't mean you're not successful. But um, I guess I will listen to my own advice in this section. So parenthood is a challenge and challenging and demanding journey that often comes with high expectations and pressures in the midst of caring for their children and attending to various responsibilities. Parents often neglect their neglect their own well-being. This is where self-compassion becomes paramount. Self-compassion involves treating oneself with kindness, understanding and acceptance, especially during times of difficulty or perceived failure. 
in the context of parenthood, self-compassion is essential for several reasons, and here's why it matters. First of all, your emotional well-being. Parenting can evoke a range of emotions, including joy, frustration, guilt, and anxiety. Being kind and compassionate to oneself during these emotional ups and downs is crucial. Self-compassion allows parents to acknowledge and validate their own feelings without judgment or self-criticism. It promotes emotional well-being by offering a nurturing and supportive inner dialogue. Next, meeting parenting challenges. Parenting is filled with challenges and moments of self-doubt. Self-compassion helps parents navigate these challenges by fostering a mindset of self-care and understanding. It allows parents to recognize that they are doing their best in challenging circumstances and that mistakes or setbacks are a natural part of the parenting journey. Remember, you can't control it all. Rather than being overly self-critical, self-compassion encourages self-forgiveness and resilience. Letting go of perfectionism. Parenting is often accompanied by unrealistic societal expectations and the pressure to be the perfect parent. Self-compassion challenges this notion of perfectionism and encourages parents to embrace their imperfections and vulnerabilities. The biggest area where we probably think that every other parent is perfect is through social media. Instagram and Facebook are really just highlight reels. They're not necessarily showing all of the insides and behind the scenes of what's really happening. Um, I really can't tell you how many times that I've seen families with the perfect filter, the perfect face tune, the perfect poses for pictures. And then like I have a real conversation with them and they're kind of miserable. Or some people never post anything and you think nothing exciting is happening in their life. And really they've been traveling and having the best time, but just not sharing it. So it's really just something that you really need to recognize the perfection of it perfectionism is not real in any household, no matter how perfect you think they are. When you show self-compassion, you are role modeling healthy self-care. By practicing self-compassion, parents become role models for their children. When children observe their parents being kind and understanding towards themselves, they learn the importance of self-care, self-acceptance, and resilience. This sets a valuable example for children to cultivate their own self-compassion and navigate life's challenges with kindness and understanding. Next is enhancing just your overall well-being. Self-compassion is not only beneficial for parents' mental and emotional well-being, but also impacts their overall quality of life. By treating yourself with compassion, parents reduce stress, enhance self-esteem, and foster a positive outlook. They become more resilient in the face of adversity and are better equipped to manage demands of parenting while maintaining their own well-being. Practicing self-compassion in the journey of parenthood involves several aspects. It means being kind to oneself in moments of struggle, offering words of encouragement and support, and acknowledging that no parent is perfect. It involves practicing self-forgiveness for mistakes or perceived failures and recognizing that learning and growth are part of the process. It also means setting realistic expectations and embracing self-care as an essential part of parenting. Incorporating self-compassion into parenting journey allows parents to nurture their own well-being, strengthen their bond with their children, and create a more compassionate and loving family dynamic. By embracing self-compassion, parents can navigate the joys and challenges of parenthood with greater resilience, self-acceptance, and emotional well-being. Next topic I want to talk about briefly is why seeking support is so important. Parenthood is a journey that requires a village of support, seeking and accepting support for, from partners, family members, friends, or support groups is vital for parents to create the time and space they need for self-care. Here's why seeking support is important and how it can benefit parents. First, it can relieve parenting burdens. Parenting is obviously demanding, as we talked about, and attempting to handle everything on your own can lead to burnout and increased stress. Something my husband and I do is every week we discuss how our week is going to be. What is our schedules? When are we, what, who has to take care of the kids? What are we working out? What are we eating for dinner? What are we each kind of taking on our own personal responsibilities and how we can help the other person out? And that is something that really makes parenting so much easier is just not doing it all because you can't do it all. You don't have to do it all. 
By seeking support, you build stronger relationships. Seeking support from your partner, family members, or friends strengthens your relationships and builds a sense of community. It allows you to share the joys and challenges of parenting, providing emotional support and understanding. For us, obviously, we were close with our parents before kids, but since having kids, we've become so much closer with our parents because we are seeing them way more often and in a different light. Uh, It's built such a great relationship between my in-laws and I, between my parents and I, and, and the kids. And it's just been a great journey. So really building those stronger relationships after seeking support is something that I didn't really think would happen. Um, But it's been really great to watch it unfold. You're also going to learn from others. Seeking support from other parents through support groups or online communities provides a valuable opportunity to learn from their experiences and gain insights into effective parenting strategies and self-care practices. Connecting with others who are going through similar challenges can provide validation. I also want to say that it can also be overwhelming. I need to actually like mute a bunch of Facebook groups that I'm in that I joined when I was pregnant because I was looking for all the answers that I didn't know. Um, but now that I'm kind of in a different phase, it's something that I need to really mute because I find that people asking the same questions over and over again can actually be very overwhelming for my thoughts because maybe I don't have those issues that they have. So if it's like, oh, my my kid's not sleeping again and the same person is posting over and over again about their kid not sleeping, it gets redundant because A, I can't help them from behind a screen and B, I'm not having that problem, but it's making a problem for me because I want to help them. So that can definitely be overwhelming. Um, and But on the other hand of it, I have learned so much and gained so much knowledge from these groups and understanding that maybe someone's doing it differently than I am, bouncing ideas off of each other. And that's been very, very wonderful. It's been a gift. And I've met some amazing women in my both of my due date groups. I would have not survived the newborn phase without them. And just watching our kids grow has been something that I never thought that I would be a part of that community. And um, my November due date group, we've been talking for, I guess, three years now. And it's just been a great support system, which is really nice. And remember, asking for help is not a sign of incompetence. It's an acknowledgement of the complexity of parenthood and the needs for support. Embracing support and sharing parenting responsibilities allow you to create a healthier and more balanced life. Prioritizing your well-being and enabling you to be the best parent that you can be. So we've talked a lot about self-care. We've talked about things to do. And um, something that I really wanted to focus on was how to do self-care on a budget because it does not have to be a $100 outing plus babysitter plus all the other ins and out of it. Self-care is often associated with luxury spa treatments, extravagant vacations, or expensive wellness products. However, The truth is that self-care does not have to be costly. In fact, there are numerous affordable or even free self-care options that parents can incorporate into their routines. And here are some examples. The first and easiest one is going for walks or engaging in physical activity. Taking a walk in nature or engaging in physical activity is a simple and effective way to practice self-care. It allows you to get fresh air, clear your mind, and release your endorphins, which can boost your mood. You should be getting outside every single day for at least 15 minutes a day. You will be surprised at how much your mood will increase by just getting some fresh air. If it's zero degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Fahrenheit, getting outside is so important. And especially in the newborn phases of parenthood, you kind of forget that there's even an outside world going on. And even tonight, uh, the kids, uh, I'm with them and we're doing bedtime. Parker's not feeling well. Willow's been cranky. And it's just like, we're in the house and I'm getting all my chores done for the weekend. And I had to go run outside to get something out of my car after I put them to bed. And it's like, oh, wow. It's so nice out. I need to just go sit outside for a minute. And it just took five minutes to just be outside. And then I kind of came back in and I was reset. Um, And then going for a walk would have been even better, but unfortunately I couldn't do that tonight. Um, The next thing is reading or listening to podcasts. 
I was an audible an audible member forever. And then in January, I decided I had joined the library last summer and I decided to see what their online audible system was like. And I am just obsessed with it. I have been averaging about four books a month. And of course you can't get everything like right when you want it, but there's I mean I have 15 books in my saved section. Um, and then I just got finished a book yesterday. I have two more in my library. Um, and there, it's just a great way to kind of escape and go into your own little world. Podcasts are always free. There is so There are so many podcasts, so many great podcasts. And I've been listening to podcasts for about eight years. And I have my health and fitness podcast. I have my crime podcast, my self-care podcast. And it's just important to always be growing and learning. And I think that books and podcasts do that for me and they're free. Um, next is practicing gratitude. It's free. I do it every day. When I wake up, I think about three things I am most grateful for. And then when I go to bed, I think of three things that I am most grateful for that happened in that day. Every day, there are th- at least three things that have happened that make me happy. And it can be something so simple as like, I laughed at someone's joke. It doesn't have to be, again, anything extravagant, but those things really help set up a positive mindset. And thinking of three things in the morning that you're grateful for, you can write them down or you could just think them in your head. On my way to work, I usually think about them, whether it's family or friends, or I'm grateful that, you know, I'm I'm going on a trip coming up. It just puts you in a positive mindset. And that's something that I think everybody can gain by doing. We talked about engaging in creative outlets. Some of these can be expensive hobbies if you're a golfer or something like that, but there's other things too. You can look on your buy nothing page. People are always giving away old furniture. If you're into painting and like redoing things, you don't have to do your um, creative outlets as a profit for anything. You can just sit and draw or sit and color, whatever. Walking, running can be a creative outlet, any of those things. Um, But that's something really important and something that I have found is very important in parenthood. It wasn't prior to necessarily. like I felt as though my creativity wasn't important to me, but since having kids, it really is because it gives me something that's totally mine and outside of parenthood. Um, and then lastly, connecting with loved ones, friends and family are so important. Again, when you are stuck inside and you're not really connecting with the outside world, it's very hard for you to fill your social cup. And as I teach my seventh graders, we have the mental health triangle, it's social, emotional, and physical health. Um, and Sometimes your triangle isn't going to be perfect on every end because you're not going to be, you're going to be lacking in some areas, but it is important to fill all of those things up and connecting with people that you really love or people in your community can help you just bring your mood up anytime. Just remember self-care is about prioritizing your well-being and finding activities that recharge and nurture you. It's not about the price tag attached to those activities. By embracing affordable or free self-care options, you can incorporate self-care into your routine without straining your budget. Ultimately, self-care is a mindset and a commitment to prioritize your own well-being. All right. And the last part of self-care that I really want to focus on, I talked a little bit about it earlier, but it's just really overcoming guilt um, because that is something that parents always find guilt in that they are doing something from themselves. Um, Parental guilt is a common emotion that many parents experience when they take time for themselves. The idea of prioritizing self-care can often be accompanied by feeling of guilt as parents may worry that they are neglecting their children or not fulfilling their responsibilities. However, it's crucial to address and overcome this guilt as self-care is not only beneficial for parents, but also for the overall well-being of the entire family. So here's how. First of all, recognizing the importance of self-care. Start by understanding and acknowledging the importance of self-care. Recognize that taking care of your own well-being is not selfish, but rather a necessary component of being an effective parent. When you prioritize your self-care, you recharge yourself physically, emotionally, and mentally, which enables you to show up 
as a more present and engaged parent. Next, you want to reframe self-care as an investment. Shift your perspective and reframe self-care as an investment in well-being for the entire family. When you take time for yourself and engage in self-care activities, you are nurturing and replenishing your own energy. This is this in turn allows you to be more patient, loving, and attentive to your children. Viewing self-care as an investment in the family helps alleviate guilt and recognize the positive impact it has on everyone involved. Embrace the role model effect. Remember that by practicing self-care, you are setting an example for your children. Demonstrating the importance of self-care teaches them the value of taking care of their own well-being as they grow. By modeling healthy self-care habits, you show your children the importance of balance, boundaries, and self-nurturing, which are all essential life skills. Challenge negative thoughts. Guilt often arises from negative thoughts or beliefs that parents hold about taking time for themselves. Challenge these thoughts by replacing them with positive affirmations. Remind yourself that self-care is not a luxury but a necessity and that you are a better parent when you take care of yourself. Replace guilt-induced thoughts with statements like, I deserve this time for myself or self-care makes me happier and more present parent. Last thing is start small and be realistic. If guilt is holding you back from engaging in self-care, start with small steps and be realistic in your expectations. Begin by allocating short periods of time for self-care activities that are manageable within your schedule. Gradually increasing the time and expand your self-care repertoire as you become more comfortable and confident in prioritizing your own well-being. All right, so I decided to put this into two parts because it's a lot of information and part two of this episode is going to be more about the mental health challenges of motherhood. So that's going to wrap up part one of our special two-part episode on mental health in parenthood here on The Running Wine Mom. I hope you found my discussion on the importance of self-care and parenting insightful and empowering. Remember, taking care of yourself is not selfish. It is an essential part of being the best parent you can be. By prioritizing self-care, you're not only nurturing your own well-being, but also setting a powerful example for your children. In part two of this episode, we will be diving deeper into the mental health challenges of motherhood. We'll explore topics such as postpartum depression, anxiety, and the pressure to be perfect parent. I'll provide resources, strategies, and personal stories to support and empower mothers on their mental health journey. So join me next time as I continue the conversation, sharing insights and shedding light on the unique experiences and challenges faced by mothers when it comes to mental health. Together, let's navigate this journey of motherhood with compassion, resilience, and a commitment to self-care. In the meantime, I encourage you to reflect on the importance of self-care in your own life. Take a moment to assess your needs and identify one small action you can do today to prioritize your well-being. Thank you for tuning in to part one of this two-part series. I appreciate your support. Can't wait to connect with you in part two. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at the running wine mom underscore. And please remember to like and subscribe this podcast. Until next time, take care, pour yourself a glass of wine, and keep running strong.